0: The next thing I know, we are being led indoors into a small vestibule of chaos. So John K. knows Wendy, who I was with when I walked by John K., when I was with Wendy. And I didn't want to stop Wendy and my family from having to go back to John K. to see if John K. was John K., because I didn't want, right? I was trying to say goodbye to Wendy. Welcome to The Bitter Spill. It's Dan Klass. Um Happy New Year. <laughs> I know. It's, it's pretty sad to be saying Happy New Year on February 1st. I realized that. Well, I didn't realize. You know what? T- listen, I knew this. I knew January was going to get by me. I had no idea. I just had no idea. We'll get it. Anyway, hi. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. Today is February 1st, 2013, as I say these words. At least I think it is. Let me double check. Hold on. Are you sure? Am I sure about anything? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I just tried to, uh, Never mind. Anyway, hi, how have you been? I really, because so, so I sat down here to record the show and I needed to make sure I knew what the show number was. So I looked up on the bitterest pill.com. Did you know I have a website? Cause you never go there. So I go to, I go to the, basically the bitterest pill.com is there so I can look up what the next show number is, which I did. And it's, this is show number 304. And it, it, that has no relevance to anything other than I do number the shows to kind of keep them, you know, straight. So I looked up what the last show was, and it was show 30, as you can imagine. Yeah, three. And then I looked at the date, and the, de- the date was something like December 20th. So we have, I guess there are just so many things that I thought we'd already spoken about, and we haven't, unless there's a show that I'm forgetting about what was the last time we talked the time where I got pulled over by the cops? was it that time for rolling through a stop sign is we okay so where to begin? I, I thought we had spoken in January. I mean I really did although I knew so basically I knew that January was going to be all about a couple of very important things for me, which was uh, high school applications for Hudson. And of financial aid applications for high school, for Hudson. And for, for T, too, for her school. Um, because, you know, the, the annual income is down. Melissa's income is down. The bitterest pill premium is gone. So, you know, it's a little down. So we had to apply for financial aid, which just seemed like the smart thing to do since we are so not rich. And then a lot of applications. And what happens is, so you fill out these applications. And, of course, every application is completely different, which is really handy because uh, right, my son, so he's applying to four schools or has applied by now to four schools. But what that means is he's had to fill out four separate applications and also go to school, go to school and keep his grades up. And he has to keep his grades up. So these schools that he's applying to are impressed, but he, he, right, it's hard to get all your work done when you're also writing your autobiography for one of the school's and answering this question for this school and this question for that school. And then I have homework because I there's a whole half of it that I have to do where I have to kiss their ass. And I have to say how great he is. And that all has to be customized to their particular questions. And in 2012, I will say this about one of these. Now, listen, I have nothing to complain about. These are wonderful schools, Wonderful, private, college, preparatory uh, schools here in Los Angeles. I have nothing really to complain about. The, would, whatever school he gets into, if he gets into one of these schools, please, Lord, dear God, Darwin, Buddha, Krishna, let him in. Um, He'll be great. He'll be great. He'll have a great time. He'll meet great people. He'll become educated. He'll go to a great college. He'll hopefully be happy. Please. But I do have to complain, complain about a couple of things because that's what I do. That's my raison d'etre, right? So one of the applications, now listen, maybe you're in the uh, school, uh, you know, whatever world. Hold on. I got to check my levels. You'd think after uh, seven years or whatever, I'd know how to record these shows. Is that working? Okay. So um, one of the schools, and again, if you know, if you have some insight on this, let me know. Because I don't, okay. One of the schools required that the application be filled out in hand, in in handwriting, by hand. Do you understand? I'm so, I'm so confused by this. I can't even describe it to you that we, we had to fill it out with a pen. A pen. Now, and they said, please, if you, please, you know, write it by hand. And if you must type it, please tell us why you must type it. Now, I don't know if they're doing some kind of handwriting analysis, some neatness. Che- I don't uh, 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 Right? Is that some lame plagiarism avoidance tactic? Because listen, you can handwrite something that you're plagiarizing just as easily as you can type up something that's played, right? Maybe it takes a little longer. You can't cut and paste in quite the same way. But that please tell what is going on. And on my part of the application, I just said, L- dear sir or madam, the longest thing I have handwritten is a grocery list since like 1987. So I'm typing this. Oh, thank you very much. All right, I need a beverage drink. huh? So we're going on these interviews now. You know, he had to take these standardized tests and we had to fill out the applications. And we had to pay them some money. We had to send, you know, send it all in on time. And now we're having these interviews. And I feel like we're speed dating because we are. They don't really know us. We don't really know them. They kind of think they know us a tiny bit because we filled out an application. We kind of feel like we know them because we went to their open houses. We're on our best behavior. They're on their best behavior, Right. When they have an open house, they bring out the A-team. When we go to there, we we shower and shave and everything and very... uh, uh, uh. What is the dog doing? What are you doing? Are you all right? Hey, are you having a bad dream? What's happening? You okay? The problem, I mean, how do you... How do you really get to know a school... By going there and ask, do you have any other questions? Or, you know, well, what am I going to ask that you're going to say something? And I'm going go, oh, hmm, that's not going to work for us. You know what I mean? Unless they're really going to indoctrinate him into some sort of belief system that we just cannot get behind on any level. Right? I mean, really, honestly, uh, uh, don't worry. Okay. Are you going to let him in? He's got good grades. He's a nice kid. He's honest. He'll work hard. Right? I don't know. Do you have pretty girls here? I mean, what kind of question are you looking for? Because I'm desperately trying to ask a question that'll make me seem smart and will also lead me really to bragging about Hudson. So I'll ask a question like, well, you know, I did have a question. For instance, um, see, Hudson does uh, really well in school. He has very good grades, very hard worker, and um, really gets along well with his teachers. He finds his teachers quite inspiring, actually. So, um... Uh, What time is lunch? But you see what I did there. See how that maybe that's an interview technique that you can use in your life. You formulate a question, right? Because that seems to be what everyone else is doing. Because every right, everyone else is nutter nuttier than a freaking fruitcake. But our favorite school is always the one that we went to last. I think except maybe the last, you know, I don't, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to think it and not because I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing and someone's going to hear because no one's going to hear it, Trust me. It's really just, um, I don't want to overthink any of this. It's, you know, please, can we just get over it? Cause that's all I've done. All of January was fill out people's paperwork. And then for the financial aid, you have to do your taxes early. I've already had a preliminary meeting with our tax tax preparer and it was still when I did it it was still january we usually do our taxes in you know april but it's january because everyone keeps busting my on oh about getting in the paperwork getting in the paperwork we need your 2012 tax return down right away dude it's freak it's still right they were bugging me for it when it was still 2012 We don't, we still don't have, and that reminds me, I got to make a phone call. Dang, there's so much to do today. Why don't have, what, what do I have, all my W-2s? I don't think so. Really? I don't think so, baby. I don't think so. I'm working on it. But each of those applications is different too. So you end up confessing your meager income over and over and over different ways. And no matter what, it never sounds any better because your expenses are always very high and your income is always very low. And it kind of makes you wonder how you're getting by even right. Like anyway, like, wait a minute, if our expenses are all that, how are we not starving to death? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about January. I want to talk about December and February. Now, February has only been, right, about, I don't know, what's 12 plus two? 14 hours and 20 minutes long. Okay, so, so far, February has not been bad. I went to Costco. I got in and out of there fairly unscathed, although honestly, nah, I'm pretty much the only person that didn't go there for free lunch, but I got in and out of Costco. I reduced our membership down to the normal one because we never buy that much stuff that it's worth paying the extra 50, right? So, so far, February, knock on wood. I'm sure I've messed up something and I just don't know about it yet. February. Okay. I think in January, I got all the, right. I got all the paperwork in so far, February. There's still a little bit more. We have one more interview, one more set of financial aid applications and then i am retiring i am going into some sort of drunken stupor i don't care but call me when the acceptance letters are mailed through okay that because i really just need to be left alone completely now i could have sworn that we already talked about talked about this we haven't spoken really since before the holidays, before Christmas. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we went back east. So right after Christmas, we went back east. We went to New York. And, uh, man, I would I could swear we've talked about this. So if I've already told you about this, because there's some show I'm forgetting about, you. forgive me, I'm getting senile. Listen, it's all downhill. My wife got it in her head that um we should go see the 911 memorial when we're in New York and I thought that was an okay idea I guess um why not I mean we're gonna go to New York anyway we got to see something I mean I hate to sound right like such an uh, whatever about it But tell you the truth, I didn't really know that much about the 9-11 memorial, just that there is a 9-11 memorial commemorating, as it turns out, not only the people in the towers that died, but also the first responders, people that died on the airplane, uh, airplanes, plural, that crashed, et cetera, et cetera. So the more I thought about it, the more I thought, hey, you know, that, that is actually a good idea. We should definitely go do that. And my wife said, great. Well, listen, I got us a reservation. We got to be there at 11. They're really particular about the timing. We got to be there at 11. They say we have a window from 11 to about 11, 15, 11, 20, and then that's it. Now, we knew it was going to be cold because it's cold because New York is cold in December is cold. But we thought, Great. Listen, we'll show up at 11. We got this window. We'll just go in. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. So, of course, we're running a little late that day because um, we had some directional, you know, whatever. How do I explain this? So basically what happens is you're driving along in New York and you're looking for the such and such expressway. And then you see a sign for the such-and-such expressway, and then you take that, but it's the such-and-such expressway about 50 miles north of where you really should get onto it. Do you understand what I mean? So I'm on the Major Dugan or the Sawmill Turnpike or the Tappan Zee Bridge or something. I don't know where I am, but I got onto it too early. Now, the reason we were going the way we were going is so my daughter would not throw up. Because see, if we go a certain way now, my wife used to always make uh, we've we've gone over this. I know my wife used to always make me take this thing called the Taconic Parkway. And I don't know why. I think it's because it's the way her dad used to go. And it is very beautiful if you like a windy road with trees on both sides. It's kind of narrow and you'll see some water and here and there and roadkill, you know, so, if that's your thing, the taconic is the way to go, but my daughter's stomach cannot abide by the taconic, so we started going this other way where we kind of go through uh Westchester County and kind of zip down that way, and we'd end up i I don't remember well, I forget exactly how we got kind of messed up i maybe we had to pull off the freeway so my daughter could feel woozy, but um. We ended up getting on the such-and-such, such, like the sawmill or whatever, too early. And we could have taken this, one, wherever we were, the blah, 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 684 or whatever, for a long time. And we didn't. We got off early. We ended up on the sprain or the, whatever. And it might as well have been the Taconic because it was windy. It was windy and windy. And, and, and once again, I'm spending the winter driving on windy New York roads with the windows down and my daughter on the verge of puking. <laughs> So we got there kind of late-ish. And, um, I don't even remember what the plan was. What was the plan? Did we, yeah, I guess we must have. Okay. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. So we were going to visit with our friends, Sharon and Bill. But our friends, Sharon and Bill, were out of town. So our friends, Sharon and Bill, right said, why don't you take our apartment while you're there? You can stay at our apartment. We won't be there, but you can be there. And we said, that's awesome. So we drove the rental car, and it's freezing. And we, dro- we stopped at Sharon and Bill's. And we dropped off our stuff, and we dropped off the dog because the dog has to be with us everywhere because he's the dog. And um, And then we went to the thing. And in the cab ride on the way there, My daughter did throw up. Luckily, my wife had a bag of some kind, some sort of plastic shopping bag. My daughter's very discreet. She just sort of uh, and does it. So, but we are getting a little panicky because I'm going to tell you something. We really don't want to get involved with her vomiting in a cab. We just don't. We don't want to do that to ourselves. We we don't want to do that to the cabbie. We don't want to do that to the yellow cab company of New York, New York. We just don't want to do that. So we say to the guy, well, how close are we? And he says, oh, it's right here. And we say, great, then pull over. We're going to get out here. So he says it's right here. We get out. He drives away. We throw away the bag and we look up and we're like, well, where's here? Because the 9-11 Memorial is not the Twin Towers, right? They're gone. So where they were is now a big construction site as you can imagine. And we are on the side of a construction site with no visible means of entering said construction site. And there's no crowd. You know, you're kind of expecting like a crowd of people going into the right. Okay, so we have no idea what we're doing. So we kind of just we have a map and we kind of understand, but we kind of don't. We don't. No, which way. So we just go. We're like, okay, well, it's got to be on the other side of this. So we just walk, right? You just start. We know it's not in the river. So let's walk away from the river and then we'll turn right and see how that works. So we're walking around. We know we're close, but we're not that close. And we see where you can get onto some kind of train or boat or something or why. So finally we get directions from those guys that are always trying to sell you the $50 memorial, uh, you know, programs. You know what I mean? Like the bootleg programs that they sell you at concerts or program, or Broadway or whatever. So we finally get a guy to go, oh, yeah, and he tells us where it is. And I don't remember where it is. It doesn't matter. And it's, it's, on, it's like six blocks away. Now, how right here is the same as six blocks away? I don't know. I think it's right here is right when your daughter's going to vomit. It's right. Trust me, it's right here. Get out. So we're running through crowds. The crowds are photographing what they think is right. The, the, where the buildings used to be. Because obviously the Twin Towers, as you can imagine, they took up a lot of room. I mean, it was too gigantic, right? So we're running and running and we zig and we zag and we go through this thing. And we, and we finally find the little intersection where they say we're supposed to be. And we do see a big group of people. And they and there's a couple cops or whatever, and they're letting people cross the streets. So we cross this little street and we realize, oh, this big group of people. This is not a group of random tourists. This is the line. This big Times Square looking crowd of people photographing a chain link fence and a crane. That's the line to get into the memorial. So we, you know, it's like Disneyland. You're standing in a line with ropes and you just snake and snake and snake and snake and snake and snake and snake. And And you thank the heavens that you had the foresight to wear Long Johns, my friend. Because if you've been living in California since 1988, you have no resistance to the cold whatsoever. And And we're snaking and we're snaking and we're snaking and we're snaking. And, you know, you hear every manageable language. You see people from all over the world. That's kind of interesting. Got to tell you. You're surrounded by people from every corner of the world that have come to see this memorial. But the wait takes an hour. See, our appointment time was for 11 to get in line for an hour. And walk the ropes. So we finally were through the whole rope area, the main area, the open roping area. And then we go on the sidewalk along the construction site. And then we cross the street and then we go around and then we go between two buildings. And then we turn and then then we're between like it. We're just kind of like in an alleyway or like almost like a hallway. But it's outside. And to our right is the construction site where they're rebuilding buildings and whatnot. We still don't still have no concept, really, honestly, of where the memorial is. We could have walked around there all day and just and then they eventually just spit us out in the subway. And I was like, okay, I guess that was it. I have no idea. So my son, who's freezing, notices these signs. And these signs say. Prepare. To disrobe. They say something about prepare to take off your coat and your shoes and all outerwear to go through security. And so he starts to get a little uh, nervous and starts to unzip it. And I'm like, dude, wait, just hold on. Wait, 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 wait. And he says, but dad, but look at the sign. I'm like, okay, but look at the sign. And you're like, okay. So I say, listen, man, there's no way. It's freezing out here. There's no way that they're going to have us do any security thing where you have to take off your coat. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Well, the next thing I know, we are being led indoors into a small vestibule of chaos. And the vestibule of chaos is completely and utterly reminiscent of the security area chaos at any of your major national, international airports here in the United States. We are told to empty our pockets into trays, plastic trays, that will go through x-ray machines. Our coats must come off. Our hats must come off. Our gloves, our belts, our shoes... So we're, what? Really? Just, okay, 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 I get it. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Oh, my God. Okay, so next thing you know, off with the coat, off with the shoes, off with the gloves, off with the belt. Oh, my God, we're going through security. Now we all have to get dressed, and it's utter mayhem in the vestibule of chaos. So we come out of the vestibule of chaos. Now, the good thing about the vestibule of chaos, I will say this is that it was warm. So even though we took off all our clothes and everything, not all our clothes, you know what I mean, we took off our coats, but it was warm in there, warm. And then we had to go back outside to the freezing cold. So we go back to the freezing and we're walking along, walking along, and I see this sign and I say, hey guys, whatever you do, don't turn left because left is the exit. And there's a sign that says something about no re-entry. So if we had accidentally turned left, oh, <laughs> ah, ah, I was just going to walk back to Poughkeepsie. So we turn right, then we go a little bit further, and then we're at the memorial. <laughs> and the memorial is essentially kind of a small park area. And in this small park area are two How do I even describe it? Okay. There are two things they are identical. And what they are is big, square. They're fountains. But when I say that they're a fountain, you're picturing something sticking up out of the ground, I assume. These are fountains that stick down into the ground as if they're holes, right? So, So the edge of this fountain, for lack of a better term, the edge of it is about, you know, waist high, a little higher for an adult, okay? But the fountain part, it's deep. It's like 20 feet deep, 30 feet. I have no idea. And the, and the edges of this square, the inside of this open cube hole thing is where the water, you know, pours down. Like each side of this inner cube area is a waterfall. And the water, you know, is down there too. It's full of water, obviously fountain. And then along the framing of this square, of each of these squares, is the names of all the victims. And throughout the park, there are, you know, legends, keys on how to find specific names because all the names are grouped. So if the victim had perished in one of the planes, then these plane people were here and these airplane people were here. If they were a first responder, you know, maybe the fire department guys are all over here, men and women, et cetera, et cetera. And this is all, as you can imagine, outdoors. The only indoor thing is not finished being built. And you're really struck as you go in there by the simplicity of the whole thing and the class of the whole thing. It's beautifully modern and simplistic really insanely tasteful, and mind-numbingly frigid. It is cold enough in the regular air, but now we are standing next to waterfalls. And I know the water is falling down the waterfall about 30, 20, 30 feet below us, but still it is so cold. So part of you is trying to take in this, really the spectacle in this, uh, of this memorial. I'm trying to connect to the emotional impact of being there in that place at that time. But part of you is just a frozen tourist who really just needs to go away and uh, get lunch. So we went up, we went up to Chelsea and we met our friend, Wendy, Wendy and Svika both her husband, Svika <laughs> at, um, oh, shoot. See, this is why I should do the shows more often because then I could remember what, right? What I mean, Chelsea Pierce, Chelsea, uh, you know, that place, you know, that place in Chelsea where there's all the restaurants and and there's like a. What is that place? What is what is that place right there? Is it a Nordstrom? It's just one of those places where you don't expect there to be kind of like a Nordstrom or whatever it is. It's not a Banana Republic. It's weird. It shouldn't be there. But you know what I mean. So we meet we meet Wendy and Svika at um at uh, the Chelsea thing. Not You know, not the sports thing, but you know where I mean. If you're a New Yorker, you know where I mean. And if you're not a New Yorker, it doesn't really matter. I could have said we met him at Chelsea, Blah, you know. You don't know. I could be making all of this up, and I wish I were, because if I were, honestly, you know what? I'd tell you something. It'd be a little more interesting. So we met them. For, we met them there, and so and we didn't know where to go, but they took us to this Italian place where um, they make all this fresh pasta. And you walk in and you see this pasta bar that they have, all this fresh pasta that you can buy, and it's gorgeous and it looks beautiful. It's these beautiful colors and shapes, and it's really just. It, it's awe-inspiring. I mean, you really, you know, that's one of those great things about New York is if you want to get anything, you can get the best of it. Whatever it is, you can find a place that specializes in just the finest whatever. And this place really just, I had never seen a selection of pasta, pasta noodles like that. And Spica starts telling me all about, oh, yeah, we come down here all the time and we get these pastas to go. We cook them at home and oh, it's great. and It's great. And the woman is sort of waiting to be seated because we're going to sit there and eat. And the woman behind the counter says to my daughter, Tallulah, honey, you look just like that girl in that Honda commercial. To which Wendy responds, because Tulu would never say this. She is the girl in that Honda. So my daughter is being recognized in New York because my daughter is a star. I have not, and I will not ever, any, I like one time a guy in Ireland was like, hey, are you down in class? I heard your voice. So she's getting, you know, oh my gosh, I think I recognize you in Manhattan. So we sit down. And I think, well, this is going to be great. You know, we've got all those pastas to choose from. How are we going to decide? How are we going to narrow it down? I think my wife is having the same thought of like, oh my God, they're every different shape and color and. Different, you know, variety of, of, uh, wheats and what, you know, this one's a pest of this and this one's one's pink. This one's brown. This one's blue. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's just right. It's amazing. So we go to order and we're like, Oh, well, how do we know? Can we just, you know, can we just, Oh no, 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 no. Those are uh, just to go. What, What do you mean? Those are just to go. Oh, those, those pastas are just to go. No, we, we don't offer those at lunch. That's just for to go because, you know, it'd be too much to orchestrate all that, you know, for the actual restaurant. Really? Well, what do you have? Well, we have, we have spaghetti and we have, and they did, they whipped out a couple of names of noodles. You know, they have a chart of noodles and they just go, let's see, spaghetti, no, ravioli, no, people know that one. Penne, yeah, people know penne. Elbows, farfalla, we got to get like a the Machatule, you know what I mean? We got to find one of these obscure pastas, the Frichitiki Malatite Pasta, right? That's the one. That's what we'll do for the lunch special, the one that the tourists are really going to get thrown by. So I had a lovely Matatiki Potavete Bolognese, but we didn't get the, like, weird, you know, we didn't get the weird, cool, pink and blue pasta, which was kind of a, you know, kind of a letdown whatever I wouldn't have known what to order anyway that's the problem I go into a restaurant and my head starts to hurt and I lose the do you right maybe it's because I still get so many migraines I lose the ability to see and then I just look for a word that I recognize which is usually hamburger or pizza those words I know and then that's what I order because if, if it really did, like if they really gave me a menu with all that pasta on there with a rigged, I was like, can I just get something with meat sauce? That'd be so awesome. So, I, I don't know what else to tell you. We, it just seems like we we eat. Whenever we go back east, that's not really all we do. So basically, you know, we we went there, we got the pasta, and then later that night, Um, I think we ordered, we went back to Sharon's apartment. We ordered Chinese food to be delivered. Nothing like pretending you're a New Yorker and just ordering from the local Chinese place and having it delivered and then eating it. Oh, that's just something. It's so nice. I don't know what it is about LA. The Chinese came here. I know there's a Chinatown in Los Angeles. Maybe they didn't get any further West than Chinatown, which is way over on the other side of town, but I don't know. I just, I wish it was right. You just order and they got bring it whatever. And then the next day we went, and we met our, another friend of ours at this place in Lincoln center. And, um, I wasn't that hungry and whatever. Anyway, but I, so I'm coming back from the men's room and I go to sit down and Alan Alda is sitting at the next table. And that was just one of those weird, because I mean, it's New York. I know it's New York, but I don't expect there's something about being in New York. I don't expect to see famous people. And I know that's ridiculous. But but when you're in New York from anywhere else but Los Angeles, you would be very uh, expectant. You know, you'd assume you'd hope. Oh, my God, I hope I see a celebrity. But being from Los Angeles, I'm like, I don't know. That hadn't even crossed my mind. I guess so. So very weird to come back from the restroom and literally at the next table. Not like the other side of the restaurant. The next table is Hawkeye Pierce. And so everybody at my table is trying to very nonchalantly check their email. And when I say check their email, I mean with their iPhone pointed at Alan Alda taking a picture. But, uh, but that's, but that's neat, right? Right. The thing I forget about New York is that you're not in your car. So you could actually be walking down the street and see someone that you recognize or whatever. Because I've, when I lived in New York, every once in a while, I would run into somebody on the street. Why not? You're walking around. Hundreds of people are passing you every day, all day. Eventually, you're going to run into some friend of yours from college. Now, I, though, I'm never in New York, so I have no expectation of that whatsoever. So, we we see Alan Alda, and then we split with Mary, we go back to Wendy's store. Wendy has a store on Bleecker Street that if you're ever looking for shoes or watches or whatever, let me know. I'll hook you up, baby. So, we go back to Bleecker Street, and we pick up Wendy, and then... We walk around Bleecker Street and the kids get some souvenirs or whatever. We eat some cookies or I don't know what. It was New Year's Eve. And we're walking back from wherever we ate all these cookies because, yeah, we have to eat all day. And this guy passes me on the sidewalk. And he kind of walks by me and I kind of notice him. He doesn't look at me or anything. He's with his family or whatever. And I'm walking along and I start thinking about how much he does look like this guy I knew in college, this guy, John. And we're all talking and chatting and walking in the opposite direction. And I keep thinking more and more about how much that guy looked like John to the point where I become like obsessed with the idea that that could have been John, this guy, John K., right? So I keep wondering, could I have just walked by John K., on Christopher Street or wherever the hell I am in Greenwich Village. But I don't want to make five people stop and go stalk a guy who most likely is not John Kay. I haven't seen John since 1985. Right? Except for a couple of pictures on Facebook. Honestly, since 85. He was a year, he was, right? He had me play Clint Eastwood in his one of his, like, senior thesis project. <laughs> one of his senior... I don't know how I hooked up with those guys. Like, that year, John asked me to do that thing where I played Clint Eastwood, and then Danny Zucker, who right now is one of the showrunners of Modern Family. Yeah. He asked me to be in his, and then I think he ended up playing the part that I was going to play or something. It was, it, it was supposed to be me and Father David Dwyer from that radio show, you know? It's on Sirius. What's that called? Busted Halo. It was me and Father Dave and a couple other people, but somehow I didn't end up doing it. I don't know if he lost track of me or he recast or whatever. And if he ever cast me on Modern Family, I'm going to bring that up. I really need to ask him about that because it was 30 years ago and it's still preying on my mind. But anyway, so I hadn't seen John Kay since I played Clint Eastwood in his senior project. So a couple weeks after we got home, I... Send him an email, uh, you know, a message or whatever on, on Facebook. And I said, hey, John, listen, I know this is weird, but is there any chance that I passed you on or around Christopher Street at about four in the afternoon on New Year's Eve? And he says, yes. And we go back and forth and like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that was you. Well, you should have stopped me. Well, I didn't know it was you. I thought it might be you. But my God, what are the odds? And he said, oh, yeah, we're around there New Year's Eve a lot because my son, he likes to help blow up the balloons at this place. really." So I said, well, listen, you know, next time I'm in town, I'm usually in that area. I don't know if you guys go hang around in there, but a friend of ours owns a store around there. And so we're around there quite a bit. And he writes me back. Oh no! I said owns a store there called uh, Verve on Bleecker Street, blah blah blah. And he writes me back and goes, "Who's your friend, Wendy?" Yeah, yeah. John. What? Why? Why am I walking by John K on Christopher Street on New Year's Eve with Wendy? And then two days, three weeks to whatever it is later, I'm Facebook, and he's like, da-da-da, and who's your friend, Wendy? That's weird. But I guess his wife used to shop in Wendy's shop all the time back before they had kids. So John K. knows Wendy, who I was with when I walked by John K., when I was with Wendy, and I didn't want to stop Wendy and my family from having to go back to John K. to see if John K. was John K., because they didn't want, right? I was trying to say goodbye to Wendy. I think I was back in the vestibule of chaos. Did you see life of Pi? We wanted to take my mother-in-law to see the life of Pi. And um, because we heard it was really awesome and we saw the trailers and it looked really awesome. You know, Life of Pi, that movie, it's, you saw the trailer with the guy guys in a boat with a tiger, Life of Pi. So we get it in our heads that, hey, we're going to be in Poughkeepsie. We're not going to have that much to do every single day. We should take the kid's grandmother, my mother's wife, my mother-in-law, my mother, no, my wife's mother. What did I say? You know what I mean? My mother-in-law, we wanted to take her to Life of Pi. Isn't that where we started this? Yes. So we say to her, hey, Glow, her name's Glow. Hey, Glow, Glow, Gloria, Gloria, let's go see the Life of Pi. She says, what's that? We say, it's a movie. Really? Which one? Well, it's the one with the guy and the tiger. Haven't heard of it. You know what movie I want to see? She says, the one with Barbara, meaning Barbara Streisand, meaning the guilt trip. So my wife, who does not want to see The Guilt Trip. Says, oh, really? Because The Life of Pi looks like it's going to be really good. And Glow says, Well, but I really want to see the. And my wife's like, but The Life of Pi looks like it might actually be a good movie. We should go see that. I think you'd really enjoy it. So. Basically, it's just like, okay, so I'm the old lady and you got to tell me what to do. You want to go to Life of Pi? Fine. So my wife says, no, 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 no. We can go to whatever movie you want. I just, we can go to any movie you want. (laughs) So we all go to the movies. And the kids and I go see Life of Pi. And my wife and my mother-in-law go see The Guilt Trip which I assume is not going to be appropriate for my mother-in-law because Seth Rogen's in it, and I still associate him with, you know, The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up and movies like that that my mother-in-law's generation does not appreciate. The R-rated comedy is not in the realm of, right, taste of people uh, in the generations uh, before mine. No. No, 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 no. So the kids and I go see Life of Pi, we see it in 3D, which I'm a little nervous about because every time we've gone to see a 3D movie, it's it's stunk. I mean, it's really, except for Hong Kong, Hong Kong Panda, really? Hong Kong Panda? Dude, really? (sighs) Kung Fu Panda. We saw Kung Fu Panda in 3D and it was quite lovely. And then, but any other 3D movie, I felt uh, very uncomfortable the whole time. And I did not feel that the experience was worth the money and the glasses. So we went to see The Life of Pi in 3D and it was quite lovely. And it's a lovely movie. And if you haven't seen it, you really should because it's quite lovely. And it's really good and funny and it got a little gross in a couple spots. But my daughter didn't care, which she kind of can get about that kind of stuff. But she didn't. She really loved it. And she came out of the theater. She's like, that might have been my favorite movie. That was so awesome, and it was awesome. And my wife comes out of the guilt trip a few minutes later and says, well, the movie actually was better than I expected, but there was no heat on in the theater at all. It felt like we were watching it outside. And outside, it is snowing. Thank you, Babs. So to make, you know, to kind of try to balance the scales, when we get home, we say to my wife, Melissa, hey, honey, you know what we should do? Let's all go see The Life of Bye. The kids and I loved it so much. We would love to see it again. But you see it because we want you to see it. And she says, "Okay." And it's still playing down at our theater here right down the hill from us. And it's in 3D. But we're like, no, no, no. The 3D was really great. It was really great. And she's like, are you sure? Because I don't. Right? Because we we constantly have these conversations with people, but how we don't need to see a movie in 3D. We just don't. It, that it. it is never. I've never watched a movie and gone. Well, that movie was good, but you know, I mean, the master was good, but it wasn't exactly in 3D. You know what I mean? So we go to the movie theater. And um, I thought it was going to be in the IMAX theater, but it wasn't. That was my mistake. I misread something on the website or something. I don't know. Well, we go in the theater and no one else in the theater is wearing their glasses or they have their glasses or anything. And for some reason, that's making me very nervous because the glasses that we have are green and they have printed on them paranormal. And not just the name of the 3D company. They're Paranorman glasses. Now, I don't think Paranorman have been in theater since Halloween. So I don't know why any of us have Paranorman glasses. So the previews start and the previews are in 2D. So I take off my glasses and I look around and no one is wearing 3D glasses. And I hope that they're not wearing 3D glasses because the trailers are in 2D. And then they start showing a trailer for Jurassic Park in 3D, in 2D. Why would you show a trailer for Jurassic Park 3D in 2D if you're going to show a 3D movie? You're going to show a 3D movie, show a Jurassic Park 3D trailer in 3D. Well, then they they do start showing trailers in 3D. And I look around and everything right. They've all got their paranormal glasses on, which I thought was wonderful. So we're going to see a movie in 3D. Thank goodness. And this is my own fault. And I, I should have dealt with it. And I don't know when I'm going to learn to be a little more. I don't know what. But the life of Pi starts, and it starts with this montage of shots from a zoo, an Indian zoo. And all these very serene animal shots. And then the credits start. You know, the director and the this and presented by and yada, yada, yada. And it's all in 3D. But the 3D looks like crap. It's 3D, but it's sort of like. You feel cross-eyed 3D, not this is awesome 3D. And I know I should have gone and complained, but, you know, I don't, I, I'd like to know what it is about me because I had seen the movie before. What was I going to, right? So I keep thinking it's just me because sometimes I get headaches and it affects my vision and I'm looking around and no one else seems to be noticing. My wife isn't saying anything. And she'd be the first person to at least say something to me. The kids don't seem bothered by it. My wife doesn't seem bothered by it. Maybe so, because I've just, right, I'm up to my ears in caffeine and Diet Coke because I'm staving off yet another migraine because that's all I've done for the last month. So we watched the whole movie and the whole movie is wonderful. And I turn to my wife and I say, so honey, what did you think? She said, oh my God, I thought it was great. I'm so glad we came and saw it, but the 3D stunk. And I said, I know. I, th- I thought it was just me. And she's like, no, it was out of register or something. I'm like, yeah, it was. So we go to the guy at the desk, the front desk, the concierge. Because, you know, a movie theater needs a concierge. When they're going to sell you the extra special tickets, the expensive ones, they need a concierge. So we say to the concierge, Hey, monsieur, je ne sais quoi, mais le film c'est très mal, oui? And he says, pourquoi? And I say, le film est très mal, mon ami. Je ne sais pas pourquoi. And he says, what? So we say, in all seriousness, we say, hey, listen, the movie looked like crap. Okay, the 3D is clearly out of register. I don't know the technological term for it, but it, right, it's not in sync. The thing needs to be calibrated. And the guy says, really? You're the only ones? And we're like, really? The only, there, there had to be 75 or 100 people in there. No one said anything about the, how crappy that looks. Because you know what this means. This means that the 3D theater in Poughkeepsie is better than one in Los Angeles. And that just should not be. it for the show for today uh my battery is about to run out and i have to go get my kids so um thank you for listening to the bitterest pill um yeah i'm gonna try to get back to doing this every week because this wow oh yeah anyway um yeah i need to do this more often for many reasons for my for my benefit and for yours and i don't say your benefit so how can i put this I don't say your benefit because you benefit from listening. I say for your benefit because you listen and they shouldn't be this bad. But you know what it is, is um, there's really not much story that you can squeeze out of sitting around filling out applications for a month. I have to admit that that's a little right. I don't do an Alan Alda impression. You don't really know John K. Did you see how I'm like, Okay. So, that's that. Uh, If you uh, downloaded, for not waiting for Christmas, the story that I had online, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm taking it offline. I'm rewriting the whole thing. Maybe it'll be published next Christmas. Maybe, uh, whatever. Um, Yeah. I I spent last weekend... Uh, thinking that I maybe had uh, cancer in my testicles. So you'd think I'd be in a much better mood right now? That was really... Yeah. So maybe next week we'll talk about that, although there's not much to talk about. That's I don't. There's the whole story. I spent the weekend thinking I had cancer in my testes. And I don't. Um, but we bought a car, and we bought a car while I thought I maybe had some... Uh, you know, whatever. So listen, thanks for listening. Uh, I will hopefully talk to you next week. Uh, there you have it. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Oh, and I'm going to be on a pod, another podcast as a guest. podcast called The Dad Podcast. I will uh, let you know when that is. Keep an eye on the Facebook page. Okay, okay. Dad Class signing out. Mm, goodbye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's...